listening to that Jesus podcast. Welcome to That Jesus Podcast, the after show about the STS episode. Here again with... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on there, Mr. Patrick. (laughs) This is actually a little pre-show explanation to the after show, which was a conversation around the Simply the Story interview we did a few weeks ago. See, when someone like Titus, who is a consummate professional podcaster, goes and has a couple babies, he needs to leave his podcast in the hands of capable folks to fill in for him unfortunately he didn't have that so he turned it over to me and patrick and patrick did a great job but i kind of messed up some of the scheduling and some of the order of events here so here's the out of order episode that we did a conversation around bible storytelling and how we read our bibles what version we use some fun stuff like that talked with patrick about That episode, um, but it was supposed to come before Dean Taylor's episode, our interview with him on Non-Resistance. So just go back and listen to everything. Make sure you don't miss it. And if you're confused by this, well, that's all on me. If you enjoyed it, well, that's on Patrick. He has this great deep bass voice that makes me feel a little bit self-conscious about my squeaky nasality, but that's okay. I hope you enjoy listening to it, and we'll look forward with Titus in the next couple of weeks, bringing you some stellar content and some really interesting conversations. And I won't be recording this on my cell phone next time, but I can get my decent mic back. Okay, let's turn it back over to Mr. Schrock. Welcome to That Jesus Podcast, the after show about the STS episode. Here again with Drew Latin. And so how does this interview from last week connect to the core values of s that jesus podcast (laughs) of that jesus podcast yeah so um if you didn't listen go back in the archives uh sts that uh, is an organization simply the story that teaches Mm -hmm. bible storytelling and i wanted to make sure we had them on to share about approaching scripture in a different way and so Mm -hmm. one of our core values those six I call them the solas of Titus sometimes. So six solas is scripture and evangelism, and this kind of really hits both of them. Yeah. Scripture, um, approaching the Word of God in a different way, this is often used in an evangelistic tool, but really it applies to community too, which is one of the other mm-hmm. things Titus talked a lot about. So, Could you explain that community tie-in a little bit? Sitting around reading a scholarly paper is very much of a individual activity it's solo Mm -hmm. time yeah i don't usually see people bringing scholarly papers to campfires it's an interesting group of friends if you do (laughs) now i may or may not have looked up scholarly research papers at campfires on my phone but i tried to keep that a secret (laughs) what do you think about storytelling do you have you ever been an experience telling stories or like especially telling stories around the bible yeah, there was one incident that came to mind. Um, I did a typical short-term mission trip um, over to northern Iraq um, wow. with a really great organization, Kingdom Channels, um, and was working there. The main gist of the organization was set up to work with young children, doing um, teaching English, things mm-hmm. like that. It was a good in to be into the community and stuff. But um, there was one older gentleman that we worked with there who was doing really great things connecting with uh, younger men, like 20s and 30s, and also Mm -hmm. some of the older men. 
And one of his tools he used was stories. And it was really cool to watch him do it because there's a lot of religious dogma in the Middle East and you need to be very sensitive um, when sharing the gospel. And um, the hospitality of the Middle East is also something famous and quite often we would be invited for tea and we'd be sitting around drinking and it's tough to communicate only through translators and Mm -hmm. things like that. But it it still is a a great experience. And often, um, just in the middle of tea there, he would talk to the translator, is it okay if I tell a story? Hmm. And through a translator, he then proceeded to tell just a parable of Jesus. Um, and yeah, like us listening, we could for sure see the truths we've heard over and over again. Um, and it was just really cool because I do love Jesus' stories, how simple and how deep they are. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure even through a translator, the messages Jesus was trying to tell through the prodigal son or something like that came through. Yeah. It gave me a, yeah, a very deep appreciation for stories. One of the first times I had the chance to work in a Buddhist monastery training school, I told the story of the prodigal son because uh, same thing. I didn't want to come in, you know, slamming, you know, this is the Trinity and <laughs> this is the way to God and here's the cross. Good luck with that. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, just last night, um, I was reading in the latest issue, I think it's the latest issue of Christianity Today, they were talking about interfaith dialogues, which is kind of a scary buzzword among some people. But it was actually uh, Mennonite missionaries that were wrestling through this. And this is Christianity Today, the evangelical magazine. But but what's interesting is they're talking about interfaith dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. Which whatever else you might think about that, it's a thing. Yeah. And the way this one guy ended up feeling like he had to go was to tell stories. Interesting. So, like stories from within the Bible. Yeah. Well, so, so go read the article. But he he told the story of one of the stories in the Bible, mm-hmm. and then they asked him to tell his story later on. Ah. And somehow, I think stories tend to be less threatening than dogma, for sure. Which means that you can manipulate people better, I guess. Uh, but advertisers know all about stories. <laughs> yeah. It was a fresh way, and I was kind of awed by a few things they mentioned, like the talking for Mary and Martha for six and a half hours, did they say? <laughs> That's so impressive, because I definitely have been victim to that thing of like when I taught a Bible lesson, or yeah, often when I've heard it, um, you hear the quick, obvious lesson, mm-hmm. be a Mary, not a Martha, and we move on from there. So, so in my Sunday school class at my church, we can spend the whole 45 minutes in Sunday school talking about whatever lesson we're doing, but, but there comes a place of diminishing returns. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And it's like, you know, you you can have two areas where you, where you don't have enough time or you have too much time. Uh So I don't know what they were talking about for six and a half hours, but the thing that in my experience, when I was getting the training through simplest story and then telling Mm -hmm. stories different times, you actually really do spend a lot of time working through the story inside the story, thinking Mm -hmm. about the people. What I, what I like to call the counterfactuals because I'm a nerd and I use fancy <laughs> words like that. Like, what, what else if? could this person have done? Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about that in the interview. What What other choices did they have to make? Yeah. And you really find yourself lost in thinking about these people, these characters. Mm-hmm. So six and a half hours would be a stretch for me, but I can believe it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it got somewhat broad away from the yeah, original. Well, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Also, one other thing I wanted to comment on from there um, was 
I get sometimes leery about new programs and an acronym that say it's going to change the way you evangelize and look at the Bible. Sure. And like then also there was a comment about um, when we follow the STS method, we allow the Holy Spirit to work through it. And just like the an acronym and a program and the Holy Spirit always <laughs> seemed yep. a little bit antithetical to me. But you touched on it a little bit, how it's an unsystem. Yeah. Maybe. Could you maybe explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Well, hi, Carolyn. Hi, Brian. Hi, Laura Lee, if you're listening. <laughs> but I do sometimes worry that it can come off. Like anytime we say this system or this approach is essential, mm-hmm. everybody has to do this. <laughs> yeah. I, it can be a little bit cringy. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I like passion. So I'm not <laughs> knocking people. But yeah, um, yeah my, my red flags go up too. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I find again for myself is kind of like a geeky intellectual type. I do need to step away from my word studies and my commentaries and all of this stuff i need to step away from searching like running searches on keywords in the bible mm-hmm. to actually thinking about the story we're really good we're really good at like dissecting scripture and we're not always so good at understanding the the holistic nature mm-hmm. of it but yeah i can hear and so does this mean i have to go through sts in order to be a good storyteller mm-hmm. no does this mean i have to go through sts in order to understand the bible no but you should do something mm-hmm. so that's something i'm trying to work with my my church now as we you know a lot of us over the years um the bible has been around us and frankly sometimes the bible can be twisted and even used to to abuse people for sure and it's to, one of the most sad things yeah to control people mm-hmm. to get people in line well you have to do this because this is what the bible mm-hmm. says and it's like well so you're saying you don't have to do it but when i'm taking the word of god and i'm i'm pulling something out to beat somebody over the head with that's not how it came to us no <laughs> it didn't come to us with verses Mm-hmm. It didn't come to us with a concordance at the back, no. so we could look up our favorite pet verses. Yeah, it came to us as stories, so mm-hmm. or personal letters, or exactly, yeah, um, anything else. Kind of one thing I'm hearing from you a little bit, like there is a cognitive side to faith, where we do the Greek studies and the culture studies, but the stories have a way of connecting us with the emotional side of what these characters went through. As Jarius was walking to with jesus on the way back to his daughter what was he feeling mm-hmm. um not what kind of shoes was he wearing <laughs> that's kind of a silly thing but um <laughs> yeah um, how far was he walking from such and such um both can be interesting but i like that idea of kind of emotionally connecting with where the characters were at in the story yeah and recognizing what steps of faith they had to take what choices they mm-hmm. they made that you know again they they didn't have to have made those choices and and we miss that sometimes we use yeah. you know probably three quarters of the time when i quote scripture it's to prove a point <laughs> I, I hope that's not true yeah. but i don't know if it's wrong mm-hmm. and like jesus like specifically says things to prove points sometimes yeah but and scripture often, can be there to prove absolutely a point. Like a couple of weeks ago, I preached on the Trinity. And so I had like mm-hmm. 17 proof texts to go through with it. Yeah. Um, but at the end, I did want to kind of tell a story about who God is too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not knocking Greek study and I'm not knocking 
you know, concordances and stuff like that. I have a big fancy Bible program on my computer that I yeah. love, but mm-hmm. I still, <laughs> when I have a story that I'm going to be preaching from or I'm going to be studying, I literally go with my big fancy Bible program and I print it off on a sheet of paper <laughs> and walk away from my computer and meditate on the story. So. That's an important part of it. Um, you talked about the counterfactuals mm-hmm. was the term. What ifs would be a more common man term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of these stories are told um, very concisely. Such mm-hmm. and such happened, such and yep. such happened. I think that is a good thing to remember. Like before Jonathan climbed that cliff to go um, capture that Philistine garrison. Sure. Um, I, I don't want to speak for him. I wasn't there. But for me, anytime I do make a good decision, there is so much fear and trembling and just honest prayer and just fighting things over in my mind. Like many, everyone struggles with some form of overthinking. Yep. And I would assume many Bible characters did too, whether yeah. or not they were making the right decision or finding the courage to make the right mm-hmm. decision. I think that was there. Can you think of any Bible story that does? Gideon just came to mind as a bit of an overthinker. Oh yeah, oh, my, my Gideon was a great example of an of an overthinker and constantly going back and like, God, I just need one more piece to just prove that when you told me something clearly and specifically with an angel burning up a sacrifice, I'm not quite sure you really meant it. Can you give me one more, just a little bit more? And then God throws one as a bonus at the end because he knows, like you're saying, yeah. Gideon is an overthinker or or a doubter maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, the guy I thought about right away was kind of a more sobering example was um, Saul. Mm. And He's, it says at one point that he's waiting and waiting for Samuel to come and Samuel doesn't show up. And finally he says, Mm. I forced myself to be the priest when I'm actually the king. I forced myself to make a sacrifice when I wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. And you see, if you kind of step into that story and think about it, I think we can all relate to Saul, right? Yeah. Especially if you're in leadership. Oh, yeah. Um, you feel there's a crowd to appease. Yep. Uh, that's a really tough pickle to be in. Yeah. Um, and the, the, did Brian call it in the, in the interview the faith gap, right? Yeah. Like that gap when Jairus is walking with Jesus and he doesn't know the end yet. I have to pause you here. Jairus? 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 Gyroscope? Jairus? What is the actual? I'll, I'll have to go look it up in the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we have a nerd with us. <laughs> um, yeah. And I really like that idea, too, because that's the same for all of us right now. We don't even know at the end of our life or the end of the mm-hmm. It feels like it in 2020, but we don't know what the end of 2020 is yet. Yeah. And um, like, just if you stopped a movie maybe an hour in, it would be an awful move. It wouldn't make sense. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Things are not resolved. And <laughs> I don't know. There's some movies said. <laughs> God is bringing things everything to an end that we won't see yet Mm -hmm. we're just in the middle we're in that gap where we are operating by faith yeah and to have the faith to say i'm going to move forward in my story Mm -hmm. because well in part because i've seen the story lived out in other people's lives and so if jairus could do it and if Gideon could do it if Mm -hmm. paul could be shipwrecked and beaten and still he's gonna go to rome well, I can do it too. It's that that cloud of witnesses. Not to get too preachy, but <laughs> that, yeah. that cloud of witnesses in Hebrews twelve. Mm-hmm. Their <laughs> stories have been finished, and they look at us as we finish ours. Yep, that is exciting to think yeah. about. So, 
what are some things that you might do with the idea of approaching the Bible as story? Or maybe you already feel like you mm-hmm. do that. Oh, I definitely could do it more, I know. Um, just connecting with the perspective of people in those stories, mm-hmm. like Gideon, um, can do a, a lot for me. Um, could you... How can I do better? Maybe at, I, maybe I should ask, like, how do you read your Bible, Patrick? And ooh, I feel I actually do connect maybe more in the emotional way. I want to get better at actually the cognitive side of, like, knowing New Testament doctrine. <laughs> so maybe I'm not oh, the person man, to ask dude, on Dude, stay that. on message here. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of other podcasts for me, actually. Yeah. Um, I do feel feel I am someone who enjoys story a whole okay. lot. Awesome. Uh, that actually kind of does tie into something we want to talk a little bit about later, um, like the tone of how we tell stories. Okay. Because um, a lot of times, often we've heard these in um, King James type language. And um, the Bible I do use is, it's one of those fancy ones without the verse numbers. Uh, it's just... <laughs> Imagine now we have to say a fancy Bible is one without <laughs> the extraneous helps. Uh, we have but I hear you. peaked. Karen here <laughs> but you mean a reader's bible is that what it's yeah 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 um that's something I really enjoy because it makes me feel makes it feel more like the novels I enjoy to read okay um don't want to equate the bible to a novel at all mm-hmm. but you get that narrative arc more um I yeah. feel and there are there are reader's bibles where they take out the verses they take out the chapters sometimes usually uh-huh. and they put it in a single column and they put it in, um, like, it's formatted not just, like, one line, one line, one line, not washboard style, but, like, a flowing river. Wow. Um, but there are, there are um, reader's versions like that in just about every Bible translation you could want, even the King James. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. How do you feel about reader's Bibles? Um, I love reader's Bibles. Nice. I, um, I, right now with what I'm reading, um, I do tend to do a lot of my reading on my computer, but uh-huh. I still, I still, like, I'll read a couple Psalms in my paper Bible and then go mm-hmm. and read on my computer. But that's just kind of the phase I'm going through right now. Um, it still requires discipline for me yeah. that, and I have, I have one of these new devices that's come out. It's, it's called a smartphone. What? Uh, show me more. Show me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's really interesting. I think it was specifically designed to distract us and to cause us to have literally no attention span ever again. So a reader's Bible won't fix everything. No, it's no magic pill to make you fall in love with the Bible again. Yeah. But it does It does help. And uh-huh. it, it's kind of fun if you can sit down and curl up with the Bible like a, yeah. a book of stories. Oh, who would have thunk it? <laughs> What's your favorite translation? CSB is probably what I just enjoy. I need to do a lot better at reading more in any translation, but CSB is probably what I enjoy most just casual reading on my own. Mm-hmm. And our church still does King James, mm-hmm. um, which is a nice poetic standard. I I do struggle to understand it. Yeah. I do actually enjoy, my hot take is that I do enjoy the message a lot. Wow. Um, okay, this has been that Jesus podcast, <laughs> and I'm going to need to find a new co-host. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just find it somewhat refreshing because when back when Paul and Jesus and those were, they were talking about faith, I don't think they were using five pound words. Yeah. And absolutely. Um, I think they were using common man language. And that's part of what the message tried to do. Yeah. Um, no, I, I kind of reacted against you because <laughs> like that's what people would expect. Yeah. Um, I've I've gotten in trouble for not condemning the message. But yeah. but I actually the the way I would put it is the message is 
a great Bible commentary. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I regularly reference it as kind of a commentary on the text. Mm-hmm. He adds, so so like the, the good thing is he adds a lot of interesting flavor to it. Yeah. He makes it really easy to read. Mm-hmm. He brings out some of the humor and contrast of the text. The other side, like I just, I just cringe sometimes because he adds so much to it that's mm-hmm. like maybe you could kind of sort of squeeze that out if you read it between the lines but i'm like nah, it's not really in the greek mr yeah. peterson <laughs> yeah the other thing and tell me i'm wrong here because you're younger than i am but some of the slang it really is a little bit cringy <laughs> yeah it, it <laughs> so has a 90s this was flavor. great in the 90s yeah right? and and so that's why again i like mm. i like the message it's going to be one of these classic old paraphrases in 20 years that people, you know, look back on for kicks and giggles. But I don't think there's ever going to be like a paraphrase Mm -hmm. approach that's just, this is the standard paraphrase. Yeah. Because by their nature, the more paraphrastic it is, the more bound it is going to be to that linguistic moment. Oh dear, what are we talking about? <laughs> okay, well, it does fit in with the Bible being yeah. story. Yeah, but I'm and using linguistic lang- moment and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Titus, you need to come back. Um, <laughs> Keep us cool. Um, yeah, there, there's a beauty to using the language of the time to tell stories. Yeah. Um, but we also need to be doing work to stay honest to what was now, said. Now, Eugene Peterson, we wrote the message. He used like language that like a... 50, 60-year-old Canadian dude mm-hmm. would think that the kids were using in the oh, 90s. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's great. You can see mm-hmm. that. Um, God bless Eugene Peterson. But he still, like, tried to position you within Bible times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't, like, take it out and say this was happening, you know, in rural Georgia or something. Yeah. Well, how do you feel when people take a story and, like, totally change the setting? Mm. We've all... I mean, I remember growing up with like Adventures in Odyssey and they would yeah. retell the parables to be something totally different. Something weird on BTV kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of me feels uncomfortable with that. It's just keeping it in perspective of what it is. And yeah. it's also a, the conversation that churches have a lot about how accessible should we make the gospel? Um, how easy do we make it for people to get on board with understanding the God's message that he's bringing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and some would call that watering it down. And But I think there is a little bit of a place to that. Like Paul talks about um, people being on milk, but then coming on to stronger meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in a corny retelling, I guess I would maybe look at it as a little bit of milk, not something to stay on, mm-hmm. but a vehicle that I'm sure some people use. Like you hear that often with people coming to faith. They sometimes use a vehicle that those of us born in the faith would somewhat scoff at, but it definitely can be used. Or what would your take on retelling be? Yeah, like I think it's fun. I think it's a fun, you know, thought experiment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to disagree with you a bit. And people people should should message us and tell us which one of us is less wrong. Um, <laughs> I haven't really heard of people getting these like Bible story retellings mm-hmm. that have been updated. In fact, have been changed. Like people are coming, they, that's a vehicle to draw them to Christ. What I usually hear, like this is more for the people that are already quote unquote in the kingdom, right? Yeah. And it's kind of fun. Like Adventures in Odyssey, people listening to that by and large are kids growing up in Christian families. For sure. 
so I don't I don't have a problem with it as long mm-hmm. like you said it's very clearly what we're doing and you know as long as we're not getting too sacrilegious and mm-hmm. such but one thing that I really do appreciate about simply the story is that they emphasize tell the story don't add to the story don't mm-hmm. talk about I think we mentioned you know Jesus or Mary riding on a donkey yeah. into into Bethlehem keep it with the story and as much as I like the creative interpretations and the reimaginings, and I think that can be fun, and, and sometimes it can be impactful, mm-hmm. I, and this makes me sound like a fundamentalist, but yeah. <laughs> I end up coming down on the side that nine times out of 10, when I tell a Bible story, I want to let the Bible stand on its own two feet. Mm-hmm. The story of the prodigal son that means so much to me and you as mm-hmm. like white guys living 2,000 years later it was told in a Middle Eastern context. And so if it stands on its own two feet here, mm-hmm. I don't need to like reinterpret it to make it work for somebody else. I, I see your point. Um, and the creative license part definitely has a narrow lane, I would say. I do enjoy that lane. A fun lane. Yeah. And sometimes a useful lane. And mm-hmm. for somebody that's burned on scripture, that's been abused by scripture, I yeah. wonder if that could be useful too. But And it sometimes can help us get out of our box of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do like that point about it standing on its own. Yeah. Um, as 2020 will be looked on as an interesting year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, what what kind of Bible stories are speaking to you? I mean, it's kind of a cliche, right? But I, I my mind right away goes to Jesus and Peter walking on water. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, peace, be still. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's kind of the funny way, because I don't go around saying, peace, be still to people. Yeah. But that phrase has just been going around in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus says to the storms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, Jesus rebukes them. And at least one of the narratives, he rebukes them too, right? Mm-hmm. But his first choice that Jesus made was to calm the storm and to calm their hearts and to say, it's I, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That sounds very Sunday schooly, but that's <laughs> that's what comes to my mind. There is those awesome moments when the cliches actually do hit our hearts. Yep. What about you? Um, It's maybe a cliche, and it's not original with me, but the story of the the widows in the early church from Acts 6. I was just reading it over. Okay. These widows said, hey, we are not getting cared for like the rest of the church are. And immediately um, the rest of the church responded to help. Mm. without doing a statistics poll or anything like that. Oh, wait, are you talking about... <laughs> um, and I'm not going to... Talk about Black Lives Matter, Patrick. <laughs> yes, I am, that Marxist organization. Um, and it's a little bit of a tough conversation for an all-white Mennonite church. Um, but even this whole thing of victims and oppressors, mm-hmm. um, it's tough for me to talk about a little bit because I haven't been the victim of many institutional things in my life yeah any even so i do find it tough to relate with someone who feels like they haven't been treated fairly yeah and and that's a conversation just within our church there's people who say i don't feel like i'm treated fairly here Hmm. even though they're they're white (laughs) yeah christian americans yeah they also feel in their own ways and not to compare their Mm -hmm. their marginalization with the like historic marginalization of a whole mm-hmm. group of people based on the mm-hmm. color of their skin, but you're recognizing that that happens in other ways. It's an age-old story of some yeah. people 
having something others don't and and how do we work with that yeah um and i just admired this story from the church because right away they stepped up and said we will do something Hmm. um and And they they set up a process for it and yeah took all the steps and it was organized and it had accountability i'm sure Hmm. and it also has like this dividing of the gifts like some of the apostles continue preaching Mm -hmm. as was their gifts yep and um some of these guys had gifts of service. And that's such a thing for the church today, too, because yeah. sometimes we can feel insecure because we don't know, we don't read the Deuteronomical canon like you. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we have another gift yeah. um, that doesn't involve big words. Yeah. Um, well, I have a friend, and I we should probably wrap it up here, but um, just yesterday in church on Sunday, and he's he's does... Um, metal fabrication he's mm-hmm. a guy who likes to work long hours and works with his hands he doesn't really consider himself i don't think much of a scholar but he was teaching sunday school class for us yesterday mm-hmm. and we're going through the story of nebuchadnezzar and his um his season as a beast oh yeah <laughs> and it was just so interesting to me to hear him say make a mm-hmm. make the point repeatedly that and he used the actual word the trigger word privilege yeah nebuchadnezzar had privilege in that mm. he he was the king, he had this wonderful palace that he had yeah. made, and this kingdom, and all this glory is mine, and and the the teacher was like, we cannot boast in our privilege. Mm-hmm. Having privilege in itself is not bad, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't glory in it, and we need to think soberly about what we do with with that quote unquote privilege. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a, that was a good story for me to hear too. Yeah. So and it's a lot in the Bible those having riches to be humble with it as a gift from yeah not it doesn't mean that you have to apologize or mm. flagellate yourself for your privilege yeah but boy you shouldn't boast and mm-hmm. and what um Jaden said was we shouldn't look down on others that don't have that privilege yeah because we're so we're so like white protestant work ethic right and uh-huh. it's like well if people just worked harder mm-hmm. and that's gotta sting mm-hmm. so so don't be a beast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining me on um, as we kind of went through the some of the key points on Simply the Story. Yeah. And once again, you can look up Simply the Story at simplythestory.org. And um, I'll try to include that link again in the show notes. And hey, if you never go and take the the training, that's fine. Go read a book about storytelling. <laughs> how's, mm-hmm. how's that for a Western text-based approach? Yeah. Just practice telling stories. Go mm-hmm. teach Sunday school. So, yeah, anything else to add? No, I've really enjoyed this, though. Thanks for letting me on. Yeah, well, let's hope there are two or three other people that do, and let's hope that Titus comes back in due time. We'll just leave it at that. For sure. I'm looking forward to it, too. <laughs>